Welcome to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to The B-Sides. Hello. 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 Uh, we are here today for people and every day who love Carly Rae Jepsen and want to see the fall of capitalism in our time, which seems very fitting. As we all know, because you listened to our bonus episode, paid Carly, Repson, Carly Rae Jepsen a lot of money to see her in concert. So we didn't contribute to the fall of capitalism, but we did have, we had a good time. We had a good exchange of goods, uh, which is rare in these days. It's so, so true. We are so glad that you're here. So subscribe if you haven't already. We come out every other Wednesday. So subscribing makes it way easier to keep up and open up the description of this app episode to find other ways to join this internet home. And we are so excited to remind you that we are now offering exciting Patreon rewards. If you join our Patreon for $5 a month, you'll receive a playlist connected to a podcast episode a month. Um, behind the scenes content like pictures and brainstorms and then we're we're thinking we're on track to do a bonus episode a month or every other month um, it could be silly nonsense or maybe not who knows it, that's life that's life baby separate topics musings that didn't make the final cut you know more unfiltered things like that and we do want to thank our patrons um, who we have right now. You all are amazing. Thank you to Emily, Hannah, Celeste, Indigo, Hannah again, but a different Hannah, who's not me. Also, Brett, Margot, Katie, and Jordan. You all are our heroes. Thank you. Uh, join us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the b-sides or email us at listen to the b-sides at gmail.com with any questions suggestions and ideas okay and lastly we want to give a shout out to the podcast listening app Castbox. um a few months ago i was asking folks um what app you use to listen to podcasts um and i think a lot of us are trying to figure out which listening app is best for us i want to shout out Castbox, especially um, if you are an Android user, if you don't have an iPhone, um, CastBox is a really cool listening app. Um, they've been really good to us at the B-Sides. Um, and if you haven't checked it out, especially if you um, are on an Android phone, we definitely suggest it. It's certainly our recommended listening platform. So check it out and let us know what you think. Yes. And now we are ready to dive in because guess what? We came back for you, baby. As promised, we're going to do a full review of The Loneliest Time. However, we do suggest that you listen to our bonus episode on Carly Rae's tour from October 4th for a even more fun Carly Rae-filled dive. So to begin to set the stage a little bit, who is Miss Carly Rae Jepsen? You probably know or you don't, but she's a Canadian singer-songwriter with a lot, lots underscored of emotions. And so before we dive in fully with a little bit of her history, we we asked some folks on our Instagram how they felt about her. Yeah, we want to share um, a few of your wonderful um, answers about what Carly Rae means to you. So 
Maria said, I always say she sings to the hopeless romantic in me, queen of heartfelt singing and songwriting with a little crown emoji. Jordan said, she's so in tune with emotions. No one is feeling feelings like Carly Rae. Mimi said, she is very hashtag genuine and real. The fun she has performing and writing, her ability to turn nonsensical sentences into serious feelings, and honestly, me and the boys in the band. Big Trimby said her earnestness and that she can disguise a horny bop as wholesome. That is true. I think she she gets that a lot. Um, a Little Lost told us her unbridled joy and a unique talent to celebrate small emotions and moments. And Nina said the sax at the beginning of Runaway With Me. Yeah, that's, you know, a classic. And Emma said... Really unique lyrics that are clever and paint such a fun and specific picture of emotions. And Miranda said, pure joy, no irony or cynicism. I feel like a different person when I listen to her, LOL. And I I agree with that. We came back for you and we're taking you back a little bit further. further. We sure are. So this story begins in 2007, like all great stories. Carly was on Canadian Idol where she finished in third place. And that show was a launching pad. It led her to her first album deal where she sold a couple thousand albums uh, before her big break, which we all know is Call Me Maybe. People do not talk enough about Carly being a Canadian idol. This is important. Um, Right. So now we're in the summer of 2011. Carly Rae is recording songs for her second album, and one of the bangers in there is Call Me Maybe. Um, When it comes out, I don't know if you all, like, remember where you were when this song came out. I do. Um, This song was so perfect right away, and um, part of its, like, origin story was that fellow Canadian Justin Bieber promoted it. He tweeted, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen is possibly the catchiest song I've ever heard, LOL. And we definitely agree, Justin, although baby... It's pretty cat it's pretty catchy too. Um, and the thing that I remember about this moment is that Justin Bieber made like a lip sync, dancey, fun, silly, irreverent music video to the song with Selena Gomez and Ashley Tisdale and other friends. And many credit that song with the rise of Call Me Maybe as like a moment. And it's definitely how I found out about it. And then by summer 2012, the song is just absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, but I don't know why you listen to a Taylor Swift podcast if you feel fortunately about Scooter Braun, but Justin notified him because he was his manager at the time. And I think still his manager who about, about his love for Carly Rae, who then said that Carly was a sexy hippie pop gag and signed her to her, his record label. Which, by the way, makes her comments about Taylor Swift's Midnight's album like even more kind of bizarre. I don't know if you guys saw this, but at her concert, which we were at, she mentioned her album was coming out the same day as Taylor Swift. So it'd be easy for you to remember with a little bit of sad eye. And she thrusted her jacket to the floor, too. So it just breeds the rumor. Did Taylor release Midnight's on October 21st to continue to burn Scooter yet again? Just leave that leave that out in the atmosphere. Well, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I was going to make a comment about the first time I heard Call Me Maybe in 2013, <laughs> the year after it came out. 
Um, and I I heard it at a bar and I was like, it, this has aged like a fine wine. And it's only gotten better since then. But anyway, back to Carly's budding career. After her 2012 album, Kiss, was something you could consider a flop, although I think it was very good, like ironically at first. And then I was like, no, un- unironically. Uh, she went to Broadway, just like many of our pop stars do, to star in Cinderella, all while writing songs for her upcoming album at the time, Emotion. Yeah, so Emotion, which was released in 2015, was a detour from Kiss and Call Me Maybe. More sultry, in my opinion, and so a little more horn, a little more, actually, yeah, some horn, some pizzazz, uh, some more indie pop. As Scooter said about the album, she didn't want to sabotage everything that she had built. But she didn't. In fact, she gave us poptimism. Pop poptism. Pop pop optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, when you say that there was more horn, did you mean like like bra- like a brass instrument or did you mean like horn doggery? Am I perhaps forgetting what <laughs> album um Run Away With Me is on? That's emotion, yeah. Horn. An actual horn. An actual horn. Maybe I was she, like, she is she's kind of horny, but that song is actual horn. I was like, I feel like that's a double entendre. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. gonna look into it further. I'm just gonna go with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. And I'll stand by it. You had me then by questioning me made me think that I was incorrect about what album it was on. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I would never question you. Trust your Thank horny you, instincts for sure. <laughs> Okay, back to poptism. Poptism. Yes, we have to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen's unique role, your unique contribution in cultivating poptimism. So I'm going to talk about poptimism for a little bit, what it is, why it's important to us here at the B-Sides. Carly Rae Jepsen is the paragon of poptimism. And poptimism is the branch of music criticism um, that sees value in pop music and finds like hope and joy and meaning in the genre, as opposed to the the music criticism or honestly just vibes that think of pop as like meaningless and vapid. Um, so for many music critics and for many music fans, Carly Rae Jepsen has basically been the personification of all that is good about pop music. I'm just curious, Mimi, Becky, has that been true for you in some ways? Or is that a little bit too much pressure to put on this one artist? I don't think it's too much pressure considering that part of the description of our podcast says the moral necessity of Carly Rae Jepsen albums to pull us through the careening emergency that is U.S. politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I wrote that because um, yeah, I, I think about a lot of things in terms of careening emergencies. But um, and moral necessities and moral necessities of her albums in particular. So I think that's the right amount of pressure. I think she can handle it. I think she has been making. It's true that Kiss was more like bubblegum pop and everything she's done since has been like a little more complex and interesting in some ways, but also still very accessible. And then the lyrics, of course, are like very emotive um very optimistic but not at the expense of experiencing the whole range of emotions that the human experience is all about so i think i think that's rated becky what do you think 
I I agree, but I do think that Ari, our girl yeah. Ari, is she's up there with that kind of music too. I think, especially her earlier work. Now you know she's speaking of horn has um gotten into her her 69 era but I do think I do when I think of pop I really do think of Ariana Grande more so than I think of Carly Rae and that's perhaps maybe because I listen to Ariana more than I listen to Carly but as we'll talk about later I I often Carly gets shafted a lot so she's not nearly as famous as Ariana Grande and that's probably also why I think of think of Ari more in that spirit, but I'm looking forward to you telling me more about poptimism and maybe changing my mind. And I mean, Scooter Braun would be happy with either of those answers (laughs) as he manages both of those pop girlies. Um, yeah. So let's talk about why Carly Rae in general and emotion in particular, like really catapulted poptimism into a new, a new level. Carly really makes unapologetic pop music. I think that word gets thrown around a lot, but what I mean is she loves pop music and she's not embarrassed about that and she doesn't shy away. She sticks to pop tropes, pop chords, pop song structures, pop themes. She often pays homage to pop sounds of the past. Like Emotion had a lot of fun 80s sounds on it. Um, This album, her most recent, The Loneliest Time, directly references disco pop sounds of the 70s in both the music and um, in the in the visuals, especially in the music video for The Loneliest Time. If you haven't seen that music video, it's it's really a fun, a fun romp. Um, and even though pop music, many could argue, is the dominant music genre, or at least a dominant music genre, it's actually really hard to find pop princesses who like embrace pop music, who don't shy away from that label being applied to them or their music. And who proactively say, this is the genre that brings joy and meaning to my life. I feel like in my experience, so many pop musicians, pop stars will try to like prove their music bona fides by highlighting influences in other music genres that are like seen to be more critically valuable and worthy and authentic. Like they'll reference folk in their interviews about a about an album, they'll say, oh, I was inspired by folk or rock or R&B or hip hop and not Carly Rae. She says, I'm inspired by pop and I've made pop. And we talk endlessly about this at the B-Sides because it's basically why the B-Sides was formed. Like the B-Sides as a project comes from the school of poptimism that is only possible because of Carly Rae. So it feels it feels silly to say, thanks, Carly for the B-sides because this concept wouldn't even wouldn't even make sense to have the B-sides in a world without her and in a world without emotion. And so one of the reasons that this means so much to me and I think to many of of us who are listening is that she also feels she also seems to be I think people were saying this in the Instagram um answers we were sharing earlier she's like uniquely qualified to take care of our feelings musically. There's something about this her music gives us permission to feel really big feelings. Pop music is often criticized as inauthentic or meaningless or frivolous. Um, and I know that people listening to our podcast know that contrary to that sexist and ridiculous take, pop music can actually be the perfect container for authentic and meaningful and deep feelings and expressions. We do have an episode of our podcast um, that we'll link in the show notes um, that's called Why It's Sexist to Hate Pop Music, and we we talk about that a little bit more. 
there's something about Carly Rae's music that is just, it's just this delightful exemplar of all we know that this genre can do. And her songs, it's not that they're all glittery and up-tempo and bubblegum pop, but when she does make bubblegum, it feels deliberate. It feels ecstatic. Um, and she doesn't seem to have like shame about her genre. And we really can feel it. Um, if you just do a quick Google search for like emotion, Carly Rae Jepsen and Poptimism, you'll see so much because the music writing community just exploded with um, opinions and and think pieces. And it really changed the, the way that music criticism treated pop. And um, there's one uh, one paragraph I wanted to share in this conversation. There was an article by Ben Bodes for a website called Range about her influence. Um, so we want to read you a paragraph from that. Okay, so Ben writes, Emotion was released at a time when the image of the quintessential pop star had to be an unreachable, highly manufactured, and almost godlike figure. Instead, Jepsen's genuine, endearing delivery and fun-loving attitude led to an underground pop renaissance, sparking listeners to drop their biases and indulge in the genre's escapist pleasures. Artists like Julia Michaels, Charlie XCX, and Kim Petras flooded in with their own weird, personalized spin on trendy pop sounds. Maggie Rogers has explicitly said that she owes her sound to Jepsen's emotion, which shifted her direction from somber indie folk to soulful homemade bedroom pop. I have, I think, probably a thought or two about this. But first, do you agree that the strain of pop and pop girly can be traced to emotion? Who wants to go first? Hannah, Becky. Um, it's interesting that uh, this Maggie Rogers thing, because when, where, when is this article from? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, because Maggie's sound now is not that anymore. Um, so, I mean, she's, I'd be, I'd, I don't think she considers herself homemade pop, bedroom pop, at least her newest album. Anyway, um, I do, I do think that they're, I do think they're similar. I actually think Charlie XDX and has the most similar sounds to Carly. And maybe that's because I don't think they're vocal. Oh, 2021 before. So before her most recent album, I don't think Carly is the strongest singer. And I think a lot of these other ones besides maybe Maggie also what makes their music good isn't their voice, but like the sounds that surround them or this they're using their, it's not like Ariana Grande, for example, where you listen because her voice is what's selling you less so than the rest surrounding it but this is like for the beat and for the lack of a better word emotion <laughs> yeah I mean when I first read this seeing Julia Michaels Charlie XCX Kim Petras and Maggie Rogers they're they're not obvious like it wasn't obvious to me that Carly Rae opened the doors for them because none of those people are like Carly Rae they're not like inheriting Carly Rae's legacy necessarily um and there's not a direct line and I feel like those people could have been very um successful without Carly Ray. But then as I thought about it more, I was like, yeah, I actually I do think that the way emotion sounded and the way that emotion changed or just like brought brought like uh respect to pop music probably did enable these artists and others um to to like make some pop music and and put their own spin on it. Mimi, what yeah, were you Yeah, I I just don't think you can I, I think she may have been a factor or emotion may have been a factor and it, it flipped pop music 
on its head for people in terms of how they thought about her after this huge smash hit, but then more broadly, like that spread out more broadly. But I just don't think, I, do, I just don't think that you can be like, without this one album, yeah. these people, I think it's a factor among other factors. And like some of the other factors are things that we've talked about before, which is like the, um, the way that the internet has made it so that we don't have just sort of like one mass media place to go for everything. I also think, I also don't think that um, like the image of the quintessential pop star had to be unreachable then and now is not since like 2015 as like a division the line. Like I just don't, I just don't see that at all, but I'm willing to be convinced, but I just, I haven't found any evidence from this. Um, and, but I, I do think it's a good point that she is either emblematic or like what she did in 2015 has clearly influenced other people and clearly influenced pop music and, and helped sort of lift up, um, other boats, so to speak. And Kim Petras wouldn't be where Kim Petras is if it weren't for Dr. Luke. It's so, so true. You can't. Well, now pop- we cauldron soup cauldron yeah where's kesha in there too you know kesha probably yeah, influenced yeah. i think kesha is one of the most unap- unapologetically unapologetically pop person there is but there's and... something about i do just want to say like i i think that there's something about carly ray making pop music that i mean i'm sure she would have loved to be on the radio i'm sure she would have loved like run away with me and i really really like you from emotion like it's not like she didn't want those to be hits i'm mm-hmm. sure she would have loved them to be hits but she was making pop music that wasn't going on the radio when the radio was actually moving away from pop music. Like, and I think that was part of, she was really holding down the fort of like pop music. And I think she did kind of, she is the vanguard in my opinion of like the, the pop music. That's a little bit indie. It's a little bit under the radar. It's like, you know, just one step below. It's not Kesha. It's not Ariana, you know? No, because the amount of people who I know I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to make your bonus recap episode, but the amount of people who, when I said I was going to a Carly Rae concert were like, she only has one song and it's call me maybe. Right. Exactly. She's not like mainstream. She's not mainstream at all for like, yeah, it was honestly upsetting. And then you're like, actually she has 20 songs that are just on this one album that came after that. And somehow she managed to make them all sound different. And yet it's a cohesive album and it's perfect. Oh, actually, also, she's releasing a new album called The Loneliest Time, and it's hinted that there's 65 B-side songs she may release after oh the fact. And we want to get into uh, talking about her most recent album, which came out a couple weeks ago. But first, we do just have to give a shout out to the albums who have come out since who <laughs> I'm making this out like people, the albums who the I albums we've loved before. Remember you. <laughs> uh since emotion because she always does a b-side so um emotion had a b-side in 2016 that was amazing amazing set of eight songs the store anyone the store anyone um if you don't if you're listening to us right now and you don't know carly jepson's song the store do yourself a favor open up your spotify let's listen to the store it's time Mm -hmm. don't regret it yep uh, and then in 2019, she came out with Dedicated. And then in 2020, in Q1 of the pandemic, mm-hmm. she came out with Dedicated Side B. And both of those albums were amazing, too. I really loved 
I really loved all of it. Um, and that was kind of around the time, I think, with Dedicated when she when it became really clear that she is a songwriter who has is sitting on like hundreds of songs and yeah. making more all the time, um, which is really which is really cool. So shout out to those albums. And yeah. uh, here we are in 2022 where she has joked that she has 65 B-sides awaiting her for the loneliest time. If you if you like Taylor Swift's vault, you should get on board with Carly Rae's B-sides because it's if, it is it's fun to see part of the creative process that way. If you like Taylor Swift, can I introduce you to something that's even better with the B-sides that you don't have to wait 10 years to come out? So, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, and we're back and we are going to talk about um kind of what we did with with midnights and do some like fun rapid fire questions about the album now especially that we've had about two weeks to listen to it and to digest it and now that we've played midnights uh we can now give carly ray the appreciation that she deserves and next week we'll be doing megan trainer's album i'm just kidding unless of course you would like that Mm. let us know if you want that we'll do it for you do you want us to do megan trainer or the Arctic Monkeys, or yeah. another album that I don't know is Maybe out yet. Always keeps keep plugging the Arctic Monkeys. Monkeys, I'm proud of you because Hannah and I forget about them every single time. I, I had forgotten. I had forgotten. <laughs> or do you um, want us to just review um, baseball walk up songs now that the Phillies are in the World Series? Go Phillies! I, I think that's the best. Oh my god, it might be over by the time this comes out. <gasps> it definitely will be over. Well, no, 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 no. Sorry, I thought you meant by Mimi's episode, and I was like, it will unfortunately be over, but maybe yeah. not. It'll be over um, by the time this comes out too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that we are, I hope you're listening to this in a world in which the Phillies have won the world series. That's what I hope. I hope you're not confused about what we're talking about, but if you are, I understand. <laughs> um, yes. And so first, first things first, um, top line feelings first. Um, I really enjoy this album. The more I listen to it, the more I really like it. Um, I know I said five minutes ago that I didn't think she had a strong voice. I do actually really enjoy, um, uh, you have to bear with me because I never remember names of songs, but the, the, the whatever song, um, go, go find, find yourself, find or whatever, yourself whatever. or whatever. Yes. The whatever I, song. I love that, that is my favorite song on the album and her voice is really beautiful there. So I know two minutes ago, I said, I didn't think she had a strong voice. I take it back only in, in that, um, I'm really enjoying the album. I will say there are some, there are some skips for sure, but overall it's, it's, it's in the medium, medium high for me in her ranking. How are you guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a soprano icon in my opinion, but I do also mm-hmm. hear where you're coming from. I, yeah, I was disappointed a couple of weeks ago, but now um, I like it a lot more. I think we've reached the point where my brain is like rewarding me for recognizing the songs and giving me a dopamine boost. And so I like it more. Um, and there are songs that I just didn't really think about the first time that I now really like. So I don't know. That's often how it goes. And that's how I feel about this. It's still not my favorite or my second favorite, but it's still, I'm grateful that she put it together. I like having it. Hannah, what do you think? I feel really similar. Um, so hopefully that makes for still an interesting rest of this conversation because I know we'll go in different directions <laughs> coming up. Um, I feel similar. I like it a lot. Um, but I think I like emotion and dedicated better. 
um, in terms of the full projects, but I like it as you guys are mentioning, I like it more every time I listen to it and certain things are growing on me. Um, I respect the direction she went in. I understand the choices that she made. They just might not have been my, my taste, but I really like it. We'll be writing a a former letter to Scooter Braun, letting him know. (laughs) Yes. Um, and we wanted to read some, um, top line reactions. You all have in the Instagram, you guys love this album. So hopefully you're not boycotting us now that we're not like 10 yeah. stars out of five. Our internet friends loved it. Uh, Emma K Lang said, big, big fan of sideways. So nice and bad things twice as my early repeats, too few BPMs. My friends take saying there aren't enough bops. Mm. Okay. Think. I'm obsessed with sideways now. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I wasn't. And now I am. Anyway, uh, Maria Tortz said, can't stop listening to it. TBH. It really feels like such a hug in a personally difficult time. Mm, that's very sweet. And I hope your difficult time gets gets better soon. And H. Whistler said, at first thought, meh, focus on midnights. Um, but saw the show Wednesday and can't stop listening now. Love. Okay, H. Whistler, um, I am wondering if she has changed her set list at all since the album came out, which is something that Hannah and I were speculating about uh, when we talked about the show that we went to. So if you have any updates on that, we'd love to know. Or maybe you just heard some of the some of her, you know, her big songs from this album and they were even better live, which is what we also experienced. We did. And if anybody ever gets any tea on what happened, why this, why her tour started over a month before the album came out, I just, I can't, I, I there's a story there and I want to know it. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. know. Anyway, um, lastly, the one we'll share is from Jordan. Jordan said, it's so, so, so good. Faves are Joshua Tree and Go Find Yourself or whatever. It felt like she let herself branch out a bit more on this one, and I think it really worked. I can't wait to hear what wild direction Side B is going to go in. Yeah, so that that honestly bleeds into our first question for Rapid Fire is, what song do you keep coming back for, baby? And I already said mine, but I think that Go Find Yourself or whatever is going to be one of my most played songs of the year. That's how much I've listened to it. Well, I think that Spotify stopped collecting data, Becky. So it might. Okay, Hannah. So it won't be. Okay. (laughs) All right. Never mind. (laughs) I bring it up so quickly because I'm like, wow, like 2022 is for is going to be remembered by me as Midnight's and the Loneliest Time, but it will not be remembered by my Spotify rap that way. Yeah. Lizzo will be as well to come from away. Yes. Uh, Cast recording. Yes. (laughs) Um, Mine is Surrender My Heart. Um, the first song on the album, which I just think is a triumph. It's everything that's good about pop music and Carly Rae Jepsen. And really the critique I I was saying earlier of like it not being one of my favorite albums is, and why, but I respect the choices that she made. Like I would take an album full of surrender my hearts and variations on that theme, but it wasn't where she was at this time around. And I get that for me. It's also go find yourself or whatever as as discussed previously but then upon further listen I was like oh surrender my heart true 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 and then since then I was also like oh sideways so I'm kind of on a path with with those three um yeah that's that's enough three songs 
you love that's yeah yeah that's great yeah um so also now 10 years after call me maybe what's your favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song well my brain doesn't work in terms of like favorite songs when there are so many to pick from um fair so what but you mentioned call me maybe and so what I'm gonna change that to just for myself because I just know how my brain works is what song is kind of like most evocative of her like what's the first song I think of aside from call me maybe and I think that would probably be cut to the feeling which is not on any of her albums uh but is I think cut to the feeling is really is that song now that has kind of like really taken off beyond her in the way that call me maybe did well in a different way but still has become like sort of much bigger that's a good uh better framing of my question honestly um and my answer still stays the same with I think I actually for me run away with me I think is like her biggest is my favorite song and I think honestly her her most Maybe I live in a bubble. I think it's her most famous song besides Call Me Maybe. I probably cut to the feeling is too, but I think main I think people who are like Loki fans of her, not Loki, are like tangential fans. I don't know what the phrasing is. Know that one too. Hannah, were yes. you gonna say that as well? Yes. Oh. And well, I was just gonna say yes, and for people who are chronically online, like all of us, because I feel like there are a ton of memes related to that song. Yeah, that's true too. Maybe that's what it is. Um, yes, Becky, I was going to say that song. I do think that it is that runaway with me is like probably my official favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song. Um, but as you all know, I was, I think my favorite song that she played at the concert, I was looking to run away with looking forward to run away with me the most, but I loved talking to yourself. And I had liked that song when it came out. It, I think if I'm remembering correctly, that song was released as a single the week before we saw it. We saw her in concert. So it was still a very new song. But now I like, I'm obsessed with that song. And part of me is like, oh no, I saw it in real life. And I was like tricked. I was swindled into having it be my favorite s- song. But then I'm like, no, that's actually what concerts often do for people is like they create strong, emotional, emotionally resonant memories. Um and I, so it might be talking to yourself. I'm in the middle of a little crisis. We'll see. What's what also on part of this album made you go? That's so Carly. Okay. I have two answers for this. Um, one answer is the song shooting star. I, th- I just think it's her song. It, it reminds me of, um, I think we'll talk about this a little, I, I will talk about this a little later too. Um, it it feels like it's the want you in my room of the loneliest time. Do you guys agree with that? No, I, I no. You I'm gonna wait because it's it's one of my answers for the upcoming questions. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I just think it's where she's like trying something weird, and I'm and it's growing on me, and I just feel like she's being a little silly and that is what made me go that so Carly. And then my other answer is just the, the lyrics of Western wind, which I find impossible to understand and a little bit nonsense. And I love our girl Carly. I don't think I could, I can't overstate that, but I do feel like sometimes her lyrics are like a little inscrutable and like, you're like, is that profound or is that 
silly or like a little bit of both. And also I can't understand it until I have, until I open Spotify and like read the lyrics. So those are my two answers. I, okay. I just want to say something about shooting star, which is that to me, it's not, I see where you're coming from. Um, I think it's more like the everything he needs. I don't like it that much, yeah. but I think that song is like super wacky and it's kind of similar in a lot of ways to that. Um, I hear that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So my moments, I agree with, I agree with both of those moments. Um, I love our inscrutable queen and I love reading her lyrics out loud. Um, but I think in terms of sort of what we were talking about in terms of optimism, both in like the music swelling and the lyrics in surrender my heart when she goes so she goes from the verse the br- or the yeah the verse to the bridge and she says i'm trying not to fuck this up and then the music swells and she's like but the benefit of all the broken hearts that i broke before they could break me and then she like gets into all this optimistic stuff towards the future and i was like oh that's so carly i love that about her becky what do you think so mine's not a moment in the album but the unfortunate release of her album getting overshadowed by like a bigger <laughs> pop star to me is like so Carly. Like that's just like so Carly Ray. <laughs> just oh like some God. shit happening that overshadows her when like she actually makes something good. Mm. It's kind of like womp womp, like the Rachel Dratch, like um <laughs> as an scan. Debbie Downer. Yeah. And I'm glad the next question goes because our next question is what song could have used an Owl City verse? And I'm really sorry, but I thought Shooting Star was bad and sounded like Owl City fit perfectly, perfectly in there. That's why I reacted that way to you because I had to say it and I'm sorry, but it's how I felt. That's so funny. Um, I hear that totally. I So I... I was overthinking this question, Becky, that you asked what song could have used an Owl City verse. Because it was the like a jab. It was a joke. It was a no, joke. I, no, <laughs> at first I was trying to take it very seriously. I was like, what is the song that needs another verse? And then it's like, no, there's no, none of these songs need Adam Young's one person computer fart band Owl City verse. But so I chose the song that I thought it could fit into like yes. most seamlessly, which I thought was bad thing twice. I thought mm-hmm. he could like basically sing the second verse and it would have uh, or just like any of the I just I could hear his voice singing bad thing twice. Can't explain why, but that's how I that's where I arrived. I could see that, too. I think I underthought this one. I, <laughs> I My immediate thought was none but what song could use like a negative owl city verse and then i was like what would that look like to just go like so far that this is like negative owl city um and then i mean by negative owl city like instead of adding more owl city there's none right instead of adding more how do we take even more out of it (laughs) to make it even less so why'd you pick Um, I didn't. I did think that it he kind of could slide into sideways, but that would absolutely ruin the song for me. So I can't allow absolutely. that. Absolutely. You yeah. were not enchanted. You were not enchanted to me just to to see him. <laughs> no, I can't relate to that aspect of that song at all. Of uh, and speaking of, which I guess Owl City, uh, what do you think there's any song here that belonged on her? What we know is gonna be her eventual B-sides. I think she's really good at choosing what goes in the original album and then what goes on a B-side. But I did think that Joshua Tree 
was kind of different and kind of like funky in the way that some of her b-sides are and um i i don't know i feel like she is at locations in a lot of her <laughs> b-sides she's going to the store as we mentioned she doesn't hate california after all like songs like that and uh so i was like musically and lyrically i could see joshua tree on that yeah on that i agree and on that note too i think like beach house could have also been mm-hmm. there though she released it as a single but i do yeah. love that song mm-hmm. um mine was so nice um because i I just don't like it that much, but there's something about her B-sides where I always, I have such like a generous listen when I listen to her B-sides. Cause I'm like, these are the songs that were like a part of her creative process, but didn't make it. So like, let me find what's like special about them. So I just think I would have had a more like generous ear if I heard so nice first in the B-sides. And I think I would appreciate it more. It just doesn't do, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, so did any songs in fact do it for you and give you some the pop t- the optimism that she so wonderfully delivers? The optimism. Um yes, I chose for this question again two songs. I'm sorry, I'm cheating. Shooting Star and The Loneliest Time because mm-hmm. I think that they're both a little ahead of their time. I mean, oh. even though The Loneliest Time is like very much rooted in 50 years ago music, um, there's something about both those songs that just feel like um, in a few years from now, they will be a- exactly what pop music is. But right now, like my ears aren't totally ready for them. <laughs> so I I think um, that and honestly, they that's why it reminded me shooting star reminded me of want you in my room because I did not like that song at first. And it was only because like the entire Carly Rae Jepsen fan community was obsessed with want you in my room that I was like fine I'll listen to it again and again and again and again and then I really loved it and then she made it like I think that she kind of made it into a music video because it was so beloved and I'm like feeling that same vibes with happening with shooting star I'm not sure that's happening I don't totally have my finger on the pulse of all the gypsies but I think that's kind of happening to shooting star that's interesting I this is the most I've thought about shooting star okay me too (laughs) <laughs> I I will say uh, as the person who monitors the DMs for the B sides, we have been getting a lot of DMs about Shooting Star, which is why right. Mimi and I are are, are, are tasteless. Clearly, okay, Hannah. Uh, okay, <laughs> people DMing the B sides. Okay. All right, all right. I, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to listen, and I'm ready to learn. Okay. Um, I this is I I really liked your answer because I was thinking about this question sort of differently. I was thinking about like poptimism as I already know it and kind of as you laid out above as we already know it. And so I was like, well, Surrender My Heart is the perfect song in all of those ways, which we've already talked about. So that's my kind of uh, boring answer. Becky, what did you think? I wrote the same thing, Mimi. So we were, we were on the same page. I was like, it's a great way to start the album. It's because we don't, it's because we don't check the DMs very often. (laughs) It's because we don't like shooting star. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> um and if you've seen her tour if you've paid any attention to Carly Rae you know that she loves the moon so what was your favorite invocation of the moon from this album and I'm gonna be honest with you I don't 
I just thought of the tour the whole time. So it's hard for me to pick something on the album. However, there was a really great quote quote from this ringer article that interviewed her and reviewed the album. And in it, they wrote, it's an album that shoots for the moon, even in the rare moments when it doesn't get there, it still lands on the stars. And I thought that was really beautiful as the moon, you know, it symbolizes like loneliness and nightness. Um, I, I felt that way about this album too. She's the only one who you can like say cliches about and like there's still truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a hard time choosing because there's literally so much because she talks about the moon constantly on this album. And all I can picture is the moon visual from the Loneliest Time music video and the tour with her skinny little eyebrows and cheeky little face. Um. This is not my favorite song that includes a moon lyric, but my favorite invocation of the moon is on Bad Thing Twice. She says, I was born in November. You were born in a different moon. So it's not actually like the moon. It's more like a moon. And the reason I like this line is because I feel like she's starting. It seems like it's very straightforward. It's like I was born in November and you were born, I don't know, in July. But then it's like, she doesn't say you were born in July. She says you were born in a different moon. And it's like already from the beginning, we're like operating on two totally different planes. We're like, I'm talking about a month and you're talking about something else. And um, I feel like it's just showing like such a dissonance. Um, and the the other reason I like this line um, is because there's a lot of astrology vibes throughout this album. She mentions being Scorpio stuff. Um, So I was born in November. You were born in a different moon. I really like that line. I love that answer. She, yeah, she does talk about um, the stars a lot too and Jupiter and Saturn and, you know, just space stuff. Um, But I know that when she was talking about making this album, again, it's kind of a cliche, but she was like, the moon is melancholy and romantic and hopeful. And it's like, yeah, it is. It can kind of be all things. Yeah. And mysterious. And, and it's so, all, all descriptors for, that you can use for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, mine is my favorite invocation of the moon is in Go Find Yourself or whatever right after the bridge where she says, you could spend your whole life searching and I could spend the whole day just getting by. But every time the red moon rises... I'll stay up and keep some hope inside. Uh, okay, Shakespeare. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I like that it's, um, I like that it's wrapped up in all of those things, and I like the red moon because that, to me, sounds like we're talking about an eclipse, which I think is fun. Wow, sounds like Taylor Swift's Midnight's giving giving her a run for her money over there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of lyrical genius, uh, what would be would that be your aim away message lyric Mimi or do you have another one to pull out for us let's see for the listeners Um, Mimi just literally flipped her notebook like so professionally to answer this question so seriously I yeah I hope you didn't hear that or if you did I hope it was it was a nice sound um Okay, I think that my I have to go back to the lyrics again because I'm like, that's cool. I'm not writing all this out, but I would copy paste all this into an away message in 2004. Um, So I think for me, we haven't talked about Ben's yet, that song. This is also mine. (laughs) Ah, Let's see if we chose the same part. 
We probably um, did. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go towards the very end of the song, but oh, it's a okay. repeat of it's a repeat of something earlier. So she goes, uh, and I can feel the sun on yeah, you. This is what I picked as well. So you'll say, warm me up the way you do. After all the For clouds, all the clouds have, dried, have dried, here's a jar, a jar of tears, of tears I've cried. I've cried. <laughs> oh, keep it in a sacred in place. In a sacred place. Hold me in your, humble, in your humble grace. Because I, I can feel the darkness, feel the darkness sometimes, sometimes too. too. <laughs> but I can feel the sun on you. Yeah. And that's why I chose the the last part because then at that in that one she goes but i can feel the sun on you and i love that symmetry wow we are the same becky wow. all right what's our favorite break <laughs> what's our favorite ben's lyric is... from the used <laughs> i love to have to pull that out ben's just kidding is really for another good. time we, we didn't talk about it it's a beautiful i can't song. believe we didn't talk about ben the bends yeah well hannah now it's up to you because mimi and i picked the same mimi and i picked the same quote that's amazing I mean, oh i can i just say one more from this of course mm-hmm. okay thank you um, I also think if I were going shorter, uh, when she says, where are you tonight? Where's your home tonight? How can this be life? I really like that too. Mm. Okay. Hannah, go ahead. My understanding was she wrote the bends about someone who died. I can see that. Yeah. So I don't know that more emo. So perfect for Becky's emo away message. And Mimi. Yeah. I, I was emo too, for sure. Sorry, I didn't, Mimi, I didn't mean to erase your emo. Emo erasure? Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> well, you did. So. Did. I'm so sorry. Um, the Benz is a beautiful song. Um, Mine, I was trying to find like a deep cut or like one of her like kind of inscrutable lines or like whatever. And then I was like, you know what? No. Who was my end user? Who was my target audience for away messages? Boys I had a crush on. Why were they the target? audience for me because they didn't like me back or they were being rude or they were stringing me along or whatever so my away message would just be go find yourself or whatever a mm. classic right a classic. yeah I think any harder I I be shower. <laughs> yeah that's an incredible like that's that would be my that would be on my profile at some point yeah yeah, yeah. in an interesting font yeah purple and or like, something what I would want to happen that would never happen is like said boy would G chat mm-hmm. me being like, what's your away message about lol? And I'd be like, nothing. It's just a lyric lol, you know, but I'd be like, oh, yeah. now he's like thinking about it. Yeah. Maybe he's going finding himself or whatever. Yeah. No, mind games with boys on yes. AIM was absolutely important. I think too. And then you, so you have, okay, go find yourself or whatever. And then like, What's the squiggly line and then like an asterisk? Yeah, yeah. on like either side of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then BRB shower, BRB shower, BRB shower <laughs> for fifteen hours. <laughs> Don't text. Um, mom's using computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last but not least, in classic Carly Rae, her most income. Oh my god, why? Income. <laughs> I'm having a. Re- Your method in- acting it. <laughs> incomprehensible lyric yes um okay every line every lyric is incomprehensible (laughs) to me um I'll go first I um I really can't overstate how little I understand what she's saying um I would like Scooter to have a meeting with his girlies because Carly Rae and Ariana just sing these beautiful songs with beautiful lyrics and beautiful voices and I can't understand a word of them 
Um, I had a hard time choosing just one for this, but I did land on just one because I know I cheated for a few other rounds. And mine was from Beach House. Boys around the world, I want to believe that when you're chasing girls, it's not just hunting season. That is not what I heard. I just heard not just hunting. I don't know. I didn't hear that. Um, So that's what I chose for this lyric. Yeah. It took me hearing that live to be like, oh, I didn't even wonder what it was, though. That's the thing. You sometimes don't even realize you don't know it until you open the lyrics and you're like, whoa, okay. Didn't didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, my, I'm going to say something kind of similar, I guess. I mean, at the beginning of, so I started looking at the lyrics again and at the beginning of the very first song, Surrender My Heart, I was like looking at the lyrics and I was like, wait, I must be on the wrong song page because I was like, I don't know these lyrics. But then I was like, wait, do I know the lyrics to the actual song though? And I was like, no, I do not. At least not the verses. So I was looking at this and I was like, oh, this is what she says. So she says, um, okay, so this part I understood. So she says, so I've been trying hard to open up when I lost someone, it hit me rough. The part after that, I had no idea what she said, but it, I didn't even think about it. She says, I paid to toughen up in therapy. She said to me, soften up. Uh, I heard none of that. Becky and I are the same. Becky? Tell me more. I also picked this. I what? also, because she also was like, Hannah, you said in Western Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's like pretty incomprehensible. Aside from I like coming in like a Western Wind. All The God of Speak, Service of Love is all the men. Yes. Nailed it. For that line, I can't listen to this podcast anymore because they sing terribly. Sorry, guys. We're not musicians. We just talk about them. Actually, Mimi is, but that, yeah, but I'm um, not a singer. <laughs> I'm not a singer, okay? So okay. just listen to me sing. Not, don't yeah. make me dance. Don't make me dance. Don't make me sing, <laughs> but also listen to me sing. Okay. I feel like with that line in particular from Western Wind, one of the reasons that it's weird is that I feel like it was written to be read on a page and not mm-hmm. sung. The line that confused me. Do you feel home from all directions? First bloom, you know it's spring, reminding me, comma, love, comma, that it's all connected. Do you know that reminding- by heart? What? You know that yeah. by heart? Well, because wow. I had to, I read it like 40 times before understanding it. And now, and now I listen for it, but reminding me, love, that it's all connected. At first, I thought she was saying, reminding me that love maybe is all connected. Mm. Like I couldn't understand what the connection was. And then seeing that it's reminding me, comma love yeah comma. like that's a weird way to write a lyric it's weird yeah, yeah I agree with that yeah she needs to enunciate a little bit more and Ari I think you're right I think Scooter maybe Demi will come with them and be like it's important yeah. to to family make sure no, family know what you're saying with the watermelon cake yeah and then okay my last thing is in the loneliest time the when the um in the music video it's the moon but like the computer sounds and she's like if you want to try like it's like it's like really high up and she's saying like if you want to try me or something like that but i'm like this was not meant to be understood was it i don't know 
I almost I chose know. this too because okay. I watched the Lonely Time music video last night. And it's one thing to have background, um, like computer sound warped vocals in the back of a song. That's pop. People do that all the time. It's wonderful. It's great. But then they had the moon saying it. And I was like, okay, if you actually wanted an entity to say these words, then you should make them. I I still, I watched it over and over again. I have no idea what the moon was saying. I thought it was, if you want to, yeah. If you want to try, if you want to try. Yeah. It's something like that. Do you want to try? It's like, but then it's like, leave the light on for me. And I'm like, you're literally the moon. What are we talking about? <laughs> So yeah. I have the same thought. It's like right in the middle of like, yeah. this is incomprehensible and it's fine. Or like, you need to hear this lyric. And that lyric, I feel like did not pick a lane. No, pick a lane. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a good night. Good picking a lane to end on. Um, that's our show. If you perhaps think Carly Ray is a bit more comprehensible, do let us know because mm-hmm. it's not the end of the conversation. Come and give us an every light. We can't wait to hear what you think. Um, and if you have a second and you want to support us, please leave us a review on iTunes or on your podcast app of choice. We love Castbox, as we Hannah mentioned. Castbox. We love Castbox. Any um, parting incomprehensible words for the folks at home? <laughs> it sounds like a. Did she do a Sims recording? I feel like she did. In my head, oh, she did. So. She'd be so yeah. good at that. Yeah, I think list. actually she did. So that it all comes Checks together. Out. Yeah. Maybe we've been listening to the Simlish version of this album the whole time. And we have to just go <laughs> find the English version. And this is this is on us, actually. This is on us. Yeah. That it would is. be special. It's on all of us. It is. Let Hannah know in the DMs. And then Becky and I will stay in the dark. And <laughs> yeah. Hannah will know what you think. Hannah set us up for failure. Shooting Star is everyone's favorite song. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hide. I did not mean to hide the ball. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Okay. Go find yourself or whatever. Go find yourself or whatever. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the B-Sides podcast. We want to connect with you. Check out the show notes to find our Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook group where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop. Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already, and consider supporting the B-Sides on Patreon. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. I'm Hannah. 